0: Welcome to the third episode of Room 403,
1: a podcast play. Like always, you've got me, Maya Fardot-Finn, Riley Herbert. Hi, guys. And Chris Ardoñez. Hi. Here as your hosts.
2: We have some amazing plays to share with you all. Uh, for this episode, all of our plays were written with inspiration for music featured in this year's dance concert. Alongside our wonderful performances, we wanted to use the music as inspiration for these plays to showcase some of the songs you'll find in dance concert.
0: But first, just for a bit of context as to how this episode is going to work, for each show, we'll play a snippet of the song that inspired it, to, just to give you a general idea of what the writers were thinking about. And later on, we're going to have a surprise guest come in to talk about some exciting events
1: that just happened within the theater department. So we hope you enjoy this longer episode. Let's move on to our place for this episode. Our first play is called Criminal Mice, written by Ashley Morrow and starring Cece Liu, Violet Culpman, Laurel Ithe, and Ashley herself. Ashley's play was inspired by the Lilac Fairy music and Sleeping Beauty Diamonds from the dance concert. Here are some clips of the music. The following play contains the mention of blood. If you are uncomfortable with such, please skip to time 741 in the episode. And now, please enjoy Criminal Mice.
3: The following scene is inspired by a true story. No! Mickey, Minnie, and Gus, all gathered around as their best friend, Chuck e. Cheese, snapped like a twig under the bright fluorescent lights of the garage refrigerator. His eyes sagged almost to the floor, empty, and its tail hung from the edges of the mousetrap, a cold reminder of a small, three-inch
0: being. <sighs> we'll miss you, Captain. You were a role model for all, but most of all, you were a hero. You never failed to remind us of what we believe in, of a place with all the cheese in the world behind its cold, silver doors. I believe in it. We all do, and we will not stop until we Mickey, get out of the way.
3: Minnie pushed Mickey off of Chuck as four big black wheels suddenly emerged in front of them, smashing into Chuck till all the group could see was a dusty, grey mass of fur and blood.
4: So much for a funeral. I think we may need to stop for a while just until we know we're safe. What are
0: you talking about, Minnie? Do you know how long it's been since I've had cheese? Since any of us had it? We're so close. All we need to do is figure out how to open that door.
3: Mickey pointed to the mini fridge near the mousetrap, notorious for housing all kinds of cheese, from cheddar cheese to Colby Jack.
0: I just think that if you aren't cut out for this, I can think of at least 10 mice who would love the opportunity. Mickey, stop. Minnie's already been through enough, with her
1: nephew, Stuart Little, dying last fall after a run-in with a cat.
4: (sighs) You're right. I'm sorry, Minnie. (sighs) It's okay.
0: Let's go back to base.
3: Minnie, Mickey, and Gus all began marching back to the knocked-over cardboard box they called home. They just turned a corner when something caught Mickey's eye. Mickey, don't! Mickey knew it was a trap. He had spent his entire life avoiding them, heard stories of those who had gotten stuck between their prongs, even witnessed it himself. But he was hungry. He had rarely eaten anything for the past few weeks, all working towards a goal he had begun to lose faith in. So, Mickey did what anyone would do in his position, succumb to the greatest desire in his heart without acknowledging the consequences. That desire, the one thing he longed for the most, was cheese. It'll just be a second, Mickey thought as he reached out to touch the
0: wooden base. It won't catch me like the others. I just have to be very careful.
3: (coughs) But before he could grab the cheese, the meadow rods grabbed a hold of him, snatching his body from the ground. He struggled, an entangled mess in the machine's silver teeth, before falling faint on the ground blood pouring from his abdomen onto the hardwood floor. Mickey! Just raising his eyelids to look up at Minnie, took all the energy Mickey had.
5: Yes!
4: How could you do
3: such a thing?
4: You know how dangerous they are? For goodness sake, Mickey, someone died because of them, right in front of you, and you don't even care? Not about your own body, or this mission,
3: or me? Mickey just stared at Minnie, looking up into her big, beautiful eyes as she spoke.
0: I'm sorry.
4: I don't think I can do this anymore. What do you mean? This thing. I'm constantly putting myself in danger, and it has taken so much from me my time, my energy, my best friend you. You have to do it. Why?
0: For me. You have to do it for me, and for Stuart, and for Chucky e. Cheese, or this will all be for nothing. You have
4: to. Mickey, do you understand what you're asking me to do? Put Gus and I at risk again? Go and look for something that may not even exist, and...
3: Minnie looks back at Mickey to notice that he had rolled back onto his back. His eyes were glazed and fixed on the ceiling. He was dead. Mickey! It's too late. He's gone. Minnie sobbed as Gus took her hand. They embraced, knowing that they were now the only two who could finish the job. Okay. Minnie dried her eyes and looked back at Gus.
4: Let's get back to work.
3: But before they could move the same four thick black wheels that had buried Chuck propelled themselves backwards again, crushing the two underneath their tongues.
2: What an interesting and spooky play. Before we move on to the next one, we thought we'd give you guys a bit of insight into what's happening in the theater department this semester.
1: The upper school musical, The Theory of Relativity, has been in production for a few months now, and Chris and I have had a really fun time so far acting in it. And the middle school musical,
0: Annie, has also been rehearsing for several weeks, and it's coming along great.
2: Theory of Relativity specifically just entered its last couple of rehearsals and has started filming the different songs to be edited together. Now, filming is obviously something that none of us have done for like a full length musical. So it's interesting to see how different this is from our usual rehearsal process and even rehearsals while virtual.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a very different process. Like um, I know in our last episode, we talked a bit about the audio recordings. And now that we're finally getting into the video recordings, um, it's definitely different to kind of um, stage a number like a few days before and then film it and then be done with it and move on. Whereas for a normal musical, obviously we would have to retain um, the choreography and the blocking for much longer. So, I would say it's been um, very cool to kind of discover this new process that's very similar to filming um, a full film um, and have it be a musical.
0: Yeah, so I will say actually your guys' filming process is actually going to be way different than Annie's because now that we're in hybrid mode, ooh, um Annie actually gets to film on campus. So like no one's taking any I know and no one's taking any props or costumes home and we're we're filming on campus and like everyone's just coming on campus to do it. Um Which is, it's honestly pretty fun for me. Annie gets um, a weekly on-campus rehearsal and now it's going to be like every day after rehearsal as soon as we start filming. Yeah, so it's definitely going to be a little chaotic to have like a bunch of middle schoolers and like having a camera shoved in your face cannot be um, fodder for calm and peace. But um, yeah, I I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, The other thing that I was thinking was different is that in Chris and my technical theater class, our props unit always coincides with some show. So we usually work on props for some kind of show. So last year we were doing stuff for dance concert before everything. Um, And this year we are having a props unit still, but it's completely virtual. Uh, And the way that Theory of Relativity works, they needed some like fake social media posts for all the characters. So our props unit is literally just learning how to Photoshop and making like fake social media posts for everybody's character, which is really interesting and also kind of really cool.
1: That sounds like a very cool job that I wish I could do. I know for my character, it's set in a YouTube video and then another part of it is a YouTube live video. And so um, coming up with the comments for the live chat is um, it it must be a huge job for you guys.
2: Um, One quick thing. The interesting thing about filming at home is that because we don't have access to our enclosed theater with our full light setup, it means that we have to account for different times of day. And so for our opening number, I think it was opening, yes, opening number, Um, we actually had to wait until the sun had gone down in order to film it correctly and like make it look good. And so we had to figure out the lighting within our own rooms and we obviously didn't have anyone like in person to help us with that so it was a bit more difficult but it was a good experience altogether
1: yes we are our own everything for this production except for director uh yeah we have to set up our own lights and our framing which has been a really fun experience i think the most challenging thing for the um for that like night shot is trying not to get the lights reflection in the window because we're supposed to be looking out a window um and the second like, round of people that filmed that are so lucky because they did that after daylight savings. So they didn't have to stay up until like nine o'clock and wait to film that. Um, not that it wasn't fun to kind of hang around, but someone did fall asleep and we had to track them down. <laughs> um, I won't name names, um, but it was definitely um, a, a fun process to do that. Um that being said if no one else has anything to add um we will move on to our next play called peculiar recollections written by laurel Ith, starring ashley morrow and laurel herself um, laurel's play was inspired by the music overthinker which was a student choreography piece actually done by senior serena wapnick so here's a short clip of the music it's really cool it's like a a poem kind of mixed with a, um, a really awesome beat.
2: A person who
4: thinks all the time has nothing to think about except thoughts. So he loses touch with reality and lives in a world of illusion. By thoughts, I mean specifically chatter in the skull, perpetual and compulsive repetition of words, of reckoning and calculating. I'm not saying that thinking is bad. Like everything else, it's useful in moderation. A good servant, but a bad master. And all so-called civilized peoples have increasingly become crazy and self-destructive because through excessive thinking they have lost touch with reality. That's to say,
0: we confuse science with the real world.
1: further ado, please enjoy Peculiar Recollections.
3: Wow, reality. Hey Eliza. Um, Eliza? What? Yeah, hi. Is everything okay?
4: Yeah, yep. Are you sure? Yeah, yes. Everything's fine. Just lost in thought, I guess. What are you thinking about? I don't know. Life? Reality? Big topics.
3: Big world. Okay, well, are you almost ready to go? Go where? What do you mean, go where? You don't know where we're going?
4: Oh, we're going to the theater to see the show.
3: Yes! So exciting! Well, um, let me know when you're ready, because we have to go soon.
4: Wait, Julia? What's up? Are you sure it's safe?
3: Oh, don't be silly. It's all figured out. Besides, I have a feeling things are getting better.
4: But reality is getting more complicated. Every second, more thoughts develop, and... Hey, don't think too much about it, okay? Come on, let's go. I can't believe we're doing this. It's so exciting. We just walk through here, and then... We're at a crossroads. Literally. And figuratively.
3: Huh. Well, I think we should go this way.
4: Look, the sign says to the theater. But there's another sign. It also says to the theater.
3: Oh, oh no. What do we do? Let's take the left.
4: I think we should take the right. That's the bell for the theater.
3: It came from over here. Okay, let's go. After the show. That was fantastic. Uh, I can't believe we did this.
4: Truly incredible. Reality makes a little more sense, and I feel more confident that things are going to get better in the near future.
2: Wow, what a great play. Uh, Before we move on to our third, I'd encourage you all to go listen to Radio Club's podcast for a little bit more nerdy rambling than what you hear on 403.
1: All right, with that out of the way, take a listen to our third play. This time, he really is bats. Written by Violet Kaltman and starring Avrick Altman, Laurel Ith, Ashley Morrow, Casey Lee, and Violet herself. Now, please enjoy the first of this two part series. This time, He Really Is Bats.
4: In a world
6: where magical bats roam free in their disguised, possessed body shells, Clarissa and Todd are over the same old cycle. A kid gets chosen. The bats possess it, then it flies off. Although the thrill of the kill is always exciting, Percy and Todd want more. However, they are forever forced to watch Jared, the Mighty Bat King, over and over again, till the end of time. I am Jared.
3: (laughs) Now, this, folks, is a rare species of big-eared jumbo monk moth bats. It can only be found in the tall mountains of Texas, Norway. It likes the taste of lemons and will bite your hair if it gets the chance.
0: Mommy,
4: Mommy, why is the bat staring at me? Oh, uh, look at him. He's
3: probably just saying hi. <laughs> Here we go again. Oh, this one's going to be a good one! <laughs> Anyways, folks, next up is the Jorio Crescent bee Bat, whose teeth can and will find its way through a human skull. Mommy, its eyes are glowing. Careful there. Bats eyes don't glow. Do bats eyes glow?
6: Well... Oh!
3: <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: Bats eyes don't glow. Don't be absurd. It's not like they wait their entire life searching for the person gullible enough to meet their stare and enchant them slowly into a hypnotic trance. That they can easily possess you from and destroy the soul that once inhabited that person's shell to take its place and become one of the ever-feared Bat-Soul group! <laughs> it's not like that. Really? Because it
3: sounds a lot like that. Ah! <laughs>
5: Ugh, these humans never learn. God. Go back! Go back!
4: Go back! Kill that girl!
6: (laughs) Ed, how's it going?
3: Nice to see you out and about killing little girls. <laughs> My daughter just flew away. My daughter just flew away! Well, there goes another one. Coxie, STROVETTE! Idava Kataka! Who are you talking to? What just happened? You're next!
0: Ow! Jared you have to possess us every time that lady was long gone
3: well back to hell I
5: guess
0: Yep. Yeah. let's go get the next child to kill
5: yay Two.
1: Oh, Violet, thank you for yet another incredible play. I don't know about you guys, but I am really looking forward to hearing part two in our next episode. And now we have some fun news. Our first virtual dance concert premiered Saturday and Sunday. Over the weekend, we interviewed a special guest from the performance to include in today's episode. She is a member of Viewpoint's dance company with me and performed in multiple dances showcased during the show. Welcome, Cinderella.
0: So, Cinderella, how was your experience with dance concert this year since it was obviously all
5: virtual? Well, I guess first, it didn't really feel like dance concert at all. Not like before, whereas we have tech week, we have to be there until, I don't know, six o'clock every single day. Because I recorded a dance, what, like two months, three months ago? Not like I'm performing live in front of anyone. So, I guess that's a huge difference, like having the not really knowing who will watch you and not having to perform it live versus like having someone that you you can, the audience you can feed off of and having to perform something like in front of someone.
1: Yeah, like I watched it last night and it was kind of interesting to be able to watch it because I've been in dance concert since like, I don't know, seventh grade and I have never watched it. So being able to kind of see our last dance concert was definitely um, a cool thing. Yeah, that was the other question I was going to ask because I know like...
0: I've been in like a couple performances at Viewpoint, and my parents always buy like the DVD because they film it. And I always go, uh, "If you guys want to watch that, you should make sure that I have headphones on and I'm nowhere near you because I'm not ever gonna hear my own voice or watch myself do anything ever." So was that more of like a, "Oh, this is like a happy, fun thing. I'm a senior and I get to see myself," you know, on stage, or was it like absolutely awful?
5: I mean, I I do watch the performances and stuff like i do buy the dvd to every single year not the blu-ray the other one because blu-ray is too expensive but um i re-watch it and stuff like when i feel like it like when because my like my parents are never here to see my performance so sometimes actually i don't think they've ever seen a performance it's four years but <laughs> at least i have something that if i want to show them what i did i can <laughs> i can show the video and i did i did watch um like, I do watch myself from, like, past years, too, know I'll, like, realize how much I've grown as a dancer, even though I didn't really feel like it, so you make myself feel better, I guess, the videos. Um, I guess this
1: is kind of weird that I'm asking this question, because I know how many numbers you were in, but, like, how many numbers were you in, and which one was your favorite?
5: <laughs> um, so I was in three. Yes, um, two hip-hop, one contemporary, and... I don't even know which one I like the best. I would say I like them all equally because they're really all good dances. Um, And I don't really have a particular feeling for any one of them.
2: So So Cinderella, um, do you think that you would ever do something like this again? Something like a virtual dance concert or would you always just want to do it live?
5: I mean, if there's an opportunity to do it live, I would always do it live. But if this is the only thing, like if it's versus if it's not having dance concert versus having a virtual one i would definitely do the virtual one if you know but if there's an option having a live one like i'm always gonna jump to that
0: i feel like as someone that's like stage managed the dance concert our like memories of it are very different so what was your like favorite thing about it being live
5: i mean there's like multiple aspects i guess there's one where like every especially on the last day everyone would just go off to like a a restaurant together and that's that it's really great experience you just everyone was just having fun and we talk about like our past week talk about school life like you got to like bond with people who you don't really get to see every day at school because you don't have class together or whatever and because dance concert people they're usually all nice people and we just you just you have fun time after after dance and yeah like everyone congratulate each other so it feels feels nice that's that's a great experience I guess it's really the people that makes dance concert dance concert. So that's why also for me this year doesn't feel like it is a real dance concert as well because we lack like that interaction that you usually get to have with other people that you don't really see.
1: Yeah, I think something that um, we have to take into account with like normal dance concert is we get a lot of adrenaline from like having millions of quick changes. Okay, that's an exaggeration obviously, but like we have quick changes almost from like every single dance. So that adds a lot of adrenaline. And I think, especially since we were filming, we got to like take our time changing and we we got to relax a little bit. But it was nice because I think there were like three or four of us there at the same time. And so for me, I know I got to see... My entire TAP class, there were only four of us. And then I also got to see Cinderella because she was there um, during Dory's session. And so it was definitely different, but it was fun to kind of be able to just like sit around and hang out while we were waiting or um, that kind of thing. But yeah, um, it was definitely different this year. Um, I'm glad that we have something, though, because last year we didn't have anything and we put in all that work and then it got canceled the week before. It
0: getting canceled the week before is still, like, it. that one still hurts, like, for sure. I was so excited. And, like, Cinderella's definitely right, like, the energy backstage in dance concert is, like, it's it's just so palpable. You're absolutely right.
2: Going back to what Cinderella said earlier about like how the people make dance concert, dance concert. I think that's something that can be applied to like all of the performing arts, like without the, without the people there, it's sort of like, it doesn't feel like an actual performance. It just feels like a movie, which is not as, it's not as personal and not as fun in my opinion.
1: Yeah. The people definitely make the production. Well, Thank you so much, Cinderella, for joining us on Room 403 today and talking about the dance concert. If you didn't see the dance concert, um, look out for a recording of it and uh, check it out because it's very, very cool. Um, Yeah.
0: And now moving on to our next play. Inspired by the Sleeping Beauty finale music, Cece Liu wrote The Dancer, starring Laurel Ithe, Avalon Gross, and A.J. Williams. Here's some of the music for reference. Please enjoy The Dancer.
5: So, still thinking about your past? Please don't bring it up again. I'm trying to forget. Just trying to start a conversation. It's still a long way until we go home. Don't start it that way. You're always so sensitive upon it, Rena.
4: You don't understand what I've been through in my previous school. I don't want to remember anything from it. It'll bring back so many memories. I've almost forgotten, but you brought it up again.
5: Sorry. Didn't mean to make you emotional. Oh, how was theater rehearsal?
4: Could perhaps be better, but honestly, I have no idea. I just try not to think about it too much.
5: Did you go dancing to Mr. Theater? Do you do that so you will forget you are a dancer before? You know, that won't work well.
4: Alexis!
5: So, sorry...
4: Ah, that was tiring.
5: Rena, your performance was amazing. How do you memorize all those lines?
7: You were fantastic, and it was your first time playing a leading role.
4: Thanks, guys. If it weren't for your encouragement, I wouldn't have been on stage. Feels so nice finishing up finals. It was a tough year.
5: I know, right? I feel so relieved. The finals were pretty hard this year.
7: Yeah. Oh, do you guys have time on Saturday next week for this year's fair? I know that Troy and Tracy are coming, too.
4: I think I do. Yep, I do. Summer school doesn't start until next month. I'm with Rena.
7: Cool. I'll see you next week, then. And we have arrived This year's fair seems interesting
5: Caden, you say that every year
7: Every year's fair has been interesting so far
5: Rina, let's go watch the
4: show Sure, why not music it's familiar it sounds like accompaniment music for my old dance group in my old school and that dancer i know her
1: aileen what an amazing play One play to go, but first, some quick updates on what to look forward to in the theater department in the next coming months.
2: The annual 24-hour plays, this year known as the Student Stream Fest, will be on April 17th, featuring plays all written, directed, and acted in by students.
0: We'll actually all have started meeting as producers to plan out how this year's plays will go, and we're really excited to begin working with our writers, actors, and directors. Theory of Relativity will premiere on Friday, April 23rd, Saturday, April 24th, and Sunday, April 25th. Go to the Viewpoint website for more info. But for now, enjoy Popes and the Past, written by H.H. H. Landau and A.J. Williams, and starring themselves.
6: Previously, on the Ballad of Rupert and John. Yeah, I, I, I believe my ride right here. Wait, where are you
7: going? Where are you
0: going? Where, where, where
7: are you going? have returned. Whoa. British Arnold Schwarzenegger? Is that you? Three years ago, you abandoned me in a burning hellscape, leaving me to die. Three days ago, actually. As the city crumbled around me.
6: As the city crumbled around, he fought as if he thought he would Uh, die. Who are you? Huh? Me? Yes, you. Are you,
7: are you narrating my life?
6: You ask too many questions. The least you can do is ask me how my day's been before we start getting cozy. But, uh... Yes, Rupert?
7: How do you know my name? Wait. You never told me who you are. Who are you?
6: I am... THE NARRATOR!
7: What? The... The, the narrator? Yes. The narrator of what?
6: Things. All, all sorts of things. I... They, give me a thing, I'll, I'll narrate it. What
7: do you mean, all sorts of things? But... Uh, the... This isn't how narration works. You don't narrate things in real life. Then why are you a disembodied voice?
6: I don't wish to be rude, but I'm not telling you how to do your job. So I ask that you don't tell me how to do mine.
7: You mean you get paid for this? And I
6: told you to stop asking so many questions. Of course I get paid for this. I get paid quite a substantial amount. I should be talking about my paycheck.
7: Who pays you? And where did they get a disembodied voice to narrate the world? And why do they want a disembodied voice to narrate the world?
6: They use .dot.com. Wait, Frank, we're not sponsored.
7: Com? What?
6: I, I said not to say that. We're not sponsored.
7: Ew, oh, I'm sorry. They found you on a, on, a, on a website?
6: Yes, on the internet.
7: On the internet?
6: The internet. But,
7: so, you're telling me that some, someone or something that you won't tell me about went onto the internet and found a disembodied voice to narrate the entire world for them. And pays you for it. Is that what you're telling me?
6: Precisely. Do you believe me? You don't believe me. Let me demonstrate my vast and unimaginable power to you. Let me show no, you- No, no,
7: no, I believe you. What? I believe you. Why? Ah, this morning I didn't believe in Velociraptor, Popes. Fair. Well then, uh, narrator. How has your day been?
6: Not bad. You? Uh, could be worse. Rupert turned his head to see the field hospital engulfed in flames. Windows shattered, entire floors collapsed. People were launched into the air by the force of the fire. The scene could only be described as the embodiment of despair. As women, and are children... Are
7: you narrating my life again?
6: No, definitely not. In fact, are you narrating my life? Wow. R- Rupert... I feel we need to set some boundaries here for the future of narrating people's lives. I'm sorry. As you should be.
7: (laughs) Are you crying? No. (laughs) I'm quite certain that you are. But if you are some sort of higher narrator, being, and you're crying. Then why isn't it raining? <laughs> That's.
6: It's <laughs> not how it works, okay? <sighs> not a human, so I don't actually have tears. <laughs> in addition to that, rain is caused by the accumulation of cumulonimous clouds in the atmosphere. Also, I'm not crying.
7: <laughs> it it is very obvious that you are. Now. Have you any ideas <laughs> on how I might get out of this raging hellscape? I'm not crying.
6: And I don't help non-believers.
7: But you do narrate their lives? It's a hobby. I see. W- would you mind narrating my escape from this predicament?
6: <sighs> Rupert, <clears throat> being the fool he was, had no choice but to trust the extremely handsome and cool narrator that had recently begun to narrate his life under the guidance of this far superior being Rupert began to walk east i'm
7: sorry to interrupt the again but sun. Uh, why are you narrating my life in the past tense
6: um stylistic choice
7: why is that a question
6: the foolish portal asked the god
7: far too much do you have to keep referring to me like that
6: do you want to get out of here a st- Sorry. Go on. The foolish mortal finally shut up for once and allowed me to explain how to literally not die. Now, where was I? Ah! Rupert began to walk east. Excuse me, which way is east? Rupert began to walk east towards the rising sun. Have you ever been told to hold your questions to the end? It's not that hard! You did it! When the sun reached its peak, Rupert encountered the Pope, and they journeyed on together toward a brighter future. The end.
7: I don't see where the sun is.
6: (sighs) Rupert. My poor, poor... Lost little lamb. Would you like to be made into mutton? Perhaps dropped off a cliff? Hit by a stray bullet? Attacked by an especially fierce group of middle schoolers?
7: Uh, not particularly, no. Well,
6: then don't say another word. Good. Rippert followed the rising sun, And began his adventure back. With his trauma behind him, and future in front of him, Rupert felt a sense of- What did he feel a sense of? Rupert, what are you feeling right now? Rupert? Rupert stumbled and fell on his face. Wait, what? (laughs) Ow! Insolent little- I knew you could hear me, you you talk when I'm talking, you bombard me with questions and never answer my questions, you. you. you.
4: you. a little.
7: I'm feeling pessimistic.
6: If. if this wasn't in the past tense, I would make sure you never got out of this alive.
7: But uh, since it. is in the past tense. I. you
2: know what?
6: Rupert walked towards the rising sun, staring at it until he went blind, like an idiot. Well, hold Came on a moment. I, I can't.
7: I can't help but modern. notice. I can't help but notice your. Your voice sounds uh, quite similar to that of that of my. My co-host on the radio, John, the one who. The the one who abandoned me out here. Look,
6: Rupert. I asked you to be quiet. That hasn't stopped yet. So do me a favor and shut up. up. You got that? I'm telling a story here. Came across the modern killing machine known as Poop Bay. extended his hand to it, like the fool he was. And by some strange stroke of a higher being that obviously wasn't me, since we all know I'd do almost anything to get rid of him rather than hold him, this action was the first step towards his journey home. Okay. That's it. That's it, Ripper. I'm done. That's all it was required to tell you. I don't know why it took so long, but that's it. Farewell. I hope we never have to speak again, but I know it won't be that easy.
2: Uh, Hello?
7: Francis, hello. You, you're, you're,
1: you're a good boy. Come here, you are, you a good boy. Oh! Ah! Ah! Wow. As always with
0: our lovely H.H. H and A J, quite the interesting play. But to be honest, I'm just proud of them for finishing it.
2: We're so proud of all our student artists for putting together such a great episode.
0: Stay tuned for our next episode, which will feature even more amazing student-written plays.
1: Thank you for listening in. Interested in being a part of our project? Contact Riley Herbert, Maya Fardad-Finn, and Chris Ordonez for more details. Whether you're a writer, director, actor, musician, technician, editor, or anything else you haven't thought of, you are always welcome in Room 403.